to River City 360 views and news from around Winnipeg. I'm Nolan Bicknell. River City 360 is a brand new show right here on CJNU every Sunday morning at 8.30. A project of the Winnipeg Foundation, we provide views and news from around Winnipeg. Sharing stories that matter to our community is our promise to you, our listeners. We're able to bring you this weekly show thanks to our partners at Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. Thanks for listening. March is Nutrition Month, so on today's show, Robert Zirk and I will tell you about a great fundraiser that happened this week put on by the Child Nutrition Council of Manitoba. Later in the show, the Manitoba Museum is expanding, and Robert sat down with their CEO, Claudette Leclerc, to find out the details. And finally, we'll be joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg, convener of Community News Commons, who will let us know what's been happening in the world of citizen journalism this week. All this and more right here on the very first episode of River City 360. Thanks for joining us here on the inaugural episode of River City 360. I'm your host, Nolan Bicknell. Since March is Nutrition Month, we're going to try to feature music that talks about food too. So grab your morning cup of joe because to kick things off here on RC360, here's the King Brothers with Coffee Song. Way down among Brazilians, coffee beans go by the billion So they've got to find those extra cups to fill They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil You can't get cherry soda cause they've got to sell their quota And the way things are I guess they never will They've got a zillion tons of coffee in Brazil No tea or tomato juice You'll see, no potato juice, cause the land is down in Santa's all say no, no, no. A politician's daughter was accused of drinking water and was fined a great big $50 bill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. Why they could percolate the ocean in Brazil And now we're joined in studio by senior producer of River City 360, Robert Zurich. Robert, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. So, Robert, you and I got to go to a pretty cool uh, event this week. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? You could say that Stone Soup caused quite a stir in downtown Winnipeg. On Wednesday, the third annual Stone Soup Fundraiser for the Child Nutrition Council of Manitoba took place over the lunch hour at the Manitoba Hydro Place lobby. For a minimum $10 donation, Stone Soup attendees had the chance to sample three bowls of soup created by local chefs and served with bread and fruit. Before I went to Stone Soup, I sat down with Viola Prouse, the executive director of the Child Nutrition Council of Manitoba. She talked about the council and why it's important to children in Manitoba. The Child Nutrition Council is a charitable organization working with schools to ensure that all children and youth can start their day on an equal footing by having access to the healthy food they need to get through the school day. If you don't have proper nutrition, it impacts on how you can concentrate in school and and what you can do in terms of your learning. Stone Soup might sound like an unusual name for an event, but there's a meaning behind the moniker. 
If you know the Stone Soup story, you know that it's a story about how this community came together and discovered that in being able to bring their, well, in this case, it was their vegetables. They brought their vegetables together. They thought that they had no food, but then they ended up being able to provide something. Each person in the community could bring something, a carrot, an onion, a potato, whatever. And in the end, they ended up with this delicious soup that nourished everybody in the community, but also it made them talk to each other uh, And before they were kind of isolated. So to me, it was this fantastic symbol of what we're actually trying to do. We're trying to nourish the kids. What's more nourishing than a really great soup? While at the event, I met Leslie last. She's the principal of Norquay School, one of the schools that are able to provide healthy food for its students thanks to the council and its funders. The grant goes a long ways. We have our uh, nutritional snack program every morning and it's school-wide based, so it goes from nursery to grade six. So we're feeding approximately 230 students every morning. And then in the afternoons, we do save a little bit for the afternoon kindergarten nursery piece. But um, yeah, the, the program is just absolutely essential for our, for our students, especially the ones in the inner city. As an administrator, Last notices a difference when children aren't getting the proper nutrition. Oh, absolutely. If there's any behavior problems or if the kids look really tired and everything, the teacher's first question or my first question usually is, have you had anything to eat this morning? And if they come into school late and they haven't had a chance for breakfast or they came even after snack and they can't wait till lunch, that's the first default is we feed them. So it's, it's really evident. It's like adults. When we're hungry, we're grumpy, right? So it's the same idea. It was last first time at Stone Soup, and she brought two of her students, Ben and Greg, along so they could see the role of community in making their nutrition programs happen. I, I get either an apple sandwich, or I get a soup, and a grilled cheese for lunch, and I have toast. Yeah, it's really fun, because we get to eat our lunch and then go outside. Without these adults, we, they wouldn't be having their snack program. So it's, it's a real educational piece, too, that goes behind attending this event and why they're going to this event. If you'd like to hear the full interview with Viola Prouse of the Child Nutrition Council of Manitoba, visit rivercity360.org. For River City 360, I'm Robert Zirk. Thanks for that report, Robert. And where can people go to find more information? Uh, you can visit their website, which is childnutritioncouncil.com. Now, who won the award for, there was 12, 12 chefs and 12 soups. Who won the award for best soup? That's right. There were two awards handed out. One was the Judge's Choice Award, and that went to a Solyanka, which is a hearty Russian meat soup that was made by a chef at Buffalo Stone Cafe. Mm. And the chicken ragu with cashew kale chips was the People's Choice winner, and that was made by a chef at Inferno's Bistro. And you had that one, right? You I had did. That. And it was good? It was we're... absolutely excellent. Uh, it was really close. For me, my vote was really close between that one and the lobster bisque. That, that was my vote. The lobster bisque from uh, who? I think that was Deseo, Deseo Bistro. Deseo Bistro, that's right. All right. Well, thank you very much for that report. Robert Zirk. Coming up after the break, Robert sits down with the CEO of the Manitoba Museum, Claudette LeClaire, to discuss their upcoming expansion. But first, here's the Archies with their massive hit, Sugar Sugar. You're listening to River City 360. Sugar.
and I'm joined by Claudette LeClaire. She's the CEO of the Manitoba Museum. Claudette, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you very much, Robert, for asking us. So we understand that there's a recent announcement made regarding the expansion of the Manitoba Museum, so it's a pretty exciting time for you. But first, let's get into some background. Why is uh, the Manitoba Museum so important to Winnipeg and Manitoba? Many, many reasons. Um, I think, uh, well, number one, we're the... Uh, I think we're the biggest classroom in the province. We play host to 95,000 students annually for curriculum-based programs. So that's your kids with us on a Tuesday morning as opposed to with you on a Saturday coming as a family. We also play host to 300,000 visitors total um, over the course of a year. So we're the number one paid tourist attraction in the province. And I think that, you know, as a, a museum that is devoted to telling the story of Manitoba, and we are such a big and diverse province, whereby Winnipeg is so much on the southern end, that we are a great opportunity for Manitobans to learn more about the diversity of our province, especially if they're not able to get all the way through our province, especially, you know, up to, you know, um, you know Churchill in the north. Uh, there's some incredible diversity in our province, both, na- both naturally and culturally, and we think we do a pretty good job on helping to uh, share that. The expansion of Alloway Hall, which we'll get to in a second, is part of a larger capital renewal plan for the Manitoba Museum. What's kind of the overall focus of the renewal plan and what's the next step? 
Oh, good question, Robert. Um, well, we spent four years consulting with the community on um, the development of a, a capital renewal plan. As the museum's approaching its 50th anniversary in 2020, which interestingly will be uh, um, the Manitoba's 150th as well, we consulted with the community and uh, we learned uh, what they wanted from their museum in the future. So what has come out of it was a $160 million capital renewal plan, which of course the Alloway Hull um, expansion project is just the first stepping stone at 5.3 million. You know, we have not announced the components of our plan as yet, and we, quite frankly, we prefer to do so as each step is uh, financed, because it doesn't make any sense talking about that uh, too much with um, until we are able to line up our financing. The Alloway Hall is the first component of the expansion. Tell us about Alloway Hall and some of the exhibits that have been featured in the past and what's running right now. Well, Alloway Hall was established to host major traveling exhibits, and, and it's just under 5,000 square feet. The name, uh, most importantly, Alloway, is named, of course, after the founder of the Winnipeg Foundation, and the Winnipeg Foundation was a, a great benefactor in helping us to establish the, um, the hall in the first place. And in, in the day when it was built, um, a 5,000 square foot hall was certainly large enough for, you know, to host most traveling exhibits that were three to 5,000 square feet at the time. But that marketplace has changed. And what we're finding is that as we um, try to answer the call of Manitobans asking us to bring the, you know, international traveling exhibits to Winnipeg, um, those exhibits are 10, 15,000 square feet. So that's why we are going to be doubling its size to 10,000 square feet, which was the recent announcement to double the size of Alloway Hall from five to 10,000 square feet. And then that way we're going to be able to host more you know, international traveling exhibits. What sort of upgrades are coming to Alloway Hall and what does that mean for Winnipeggers? Well, the hall itself, as people know it now, is going to be completely renewed um, as it's connected to its expansion, the other half. So there will be more theatrical lighting, sound. You know, it will be a much better, um, think of it as a theater stage from which we can transform to host uh, various, you know, exhibits in a very theatrical way in the future. When will the expansion be complete? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> um, we are hoping early 2017. And the reason why I laugh is because, of course, um, we are just now uh, working with Manitoba Infrastructure and Transportation to prepare the, the tender that's going out, the RFP that's going out to hire the construction company and design firm. So until we get a little further into the process, we're not going to be able to absolutely peg that uh, opening date. Uh, but we are shooting for early 2017. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to add about the museum or the Alloway Hall expansion project? Well, uh, I think it's important to mention that the Manitoba Museum, while we tell the story of Manitoba, uh, many people think that we are um, a department of the government of Manitoba because some provincial museums in Canada are department of government. We are a non-profit charity organization. So anything that the Manitoba Museum does has to absolutely be in partnership uh, with the community and with generous supporters. And so things like the Alloway Hall um, expansion and renewal project would not at all have been possible without the generous support of the federal government, the province of Manitoba, and the Winnipeg Foundation. So um, we are very grateful to them and all of the um, our donors and supporters who support us every day, including our 200 volunteers. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do the work we do in, in telling the story of Manitoba. Thanks so much for joining me, Claudette. You're welcome. Thank you. Claudette LeClaire is the CEO of the Manitoba Museum. If you'd like to check out the latest exhibit at Alloway Hall, the Real Pirates exhibit is on until April 19th. For more information, visit manitobamuseum.ca. 
Thank you, Robert, for that great interview. Coming up after our musical break, Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons joins us in studio to talk about This Week in Citizen Journalism. But first, here's Al Hurt with Cotton Candy. You're listening to River City 360. Every week right here on River City 360, we ask Noah Ehrenberg to come in and chat with us for a few minutes to find out more about some of the local stories that citizen reporters are publishing on Community News Commons, or CNC. CNC is the Citizen Journalism slash Community Engagement Initiative, sponsored by the Winnipeg Foundation, and Noah is the convener and editor of said project. So, welcome to River City 360, Noah. Thanks. It's great to be here. So, first question is an obvious one. What have your citizen journalists been busy with reporting this week? Well, there's been a lot of stories from uh, tiny homes to longtime West Broadway residents sharing their life stories, uh, confronting homelessness. Little Free Libraries, a response to uh, concerns voiced by young Winnipeggers, and Snowy Owls. The Snowy Owls, I saw a picture on Twitter. You can follow Noah uh, at CNCWPG. Uh, an amazing photograph by, I think it was Dennis Swayze? That's correct. Dennis okay. is a local photographer who just discovered CNC about two months ago. Okay. And he has contributed some photos of the day. And uh, he had a tremendous photo this week that uh, was a shot of a snowy owl in flight just around the perimeter uh, in Winnipeg. And uh, he was pointing out that there's been a lot of snowy owls outside of Winnipeg this winter. Not very many great gray owls, but snowy owls have been in abundance. And that's not exactly normal for for just in that area of Winnipeg, right? That's correct. And he's, as uh, Dennis says, you know, you never know what nature's going to give you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the about the other project or the other uh 
pieces this well, week. Well, our, our man Martin, uh, uh, also a recent uh, citizen reporter to CNC, uh, had a great little story about tiny house movement, which is basically people building small homes. Like off the grid kind of? Well, some of them are off the grid and they're kind of like mobile homes, but they're less than 200 square feet. And it's minimalist. It's right. a minimalist type of thing. And it's really quite amazing because, you know, your mortgage payments aren't very big and, mm-hmm. and you can actually do a lot with a small amount of uh, house. Yeah, there's some cool pictures of that on the site as well. <clears throat> yeah, there sure is. And uh, as well, uh, Doug Kretschmer, a long time, or at least a citizen reporter for the last year, uh, had a great story about Community Voices Project, which was um, done by uh, a, a, a person by the name of... Um, Mike Mondar, okay. uh, who used to be a Winnipeg Tribune reporter, and he basically went out with a camera uh, uh, in conjunction with Just TV over the Broadway, um, West Broadway uh, neighborhood uh, center, and uh, they interviewed West Broadway residents, and they had a nice uh, sort of about their life and their life stories, and there was a nice screening of, of these stories uh, at the Goodwill on Monday night, and um, it was a nice story that uh, Doug told, and some fascinating life stories of uh, some of the neighborhood uh, neighborhood residents. Uh, as well, we uh, have uh, Susan Hubert, uh, another great uh, citizen reporter, who uh, did an interview with Al Weeb, who uh, was a high-income earner, uh, who suddenly found himself unemployed, depressed, and homeless. And so mm. um, Susan did a nice piece on what it's like to be homeless and how it really can happen to anyone. Uh, Trevor Smith had a story on little free libraries, which are these little boxes that are outside people's homes that uh, basically are free uh, to the public, to uh, their stock. Is books. it like get, you can just give and take? Exactly. So you can you can uh, contribute books to it or you can take books out. And uh, there's about 30 of them all across the city. And That's there's cool. a list of them on the uh, on uh, CNC on that story uh, as well um, a story about a stuff swap which uh, a new group called Waste Not Winnipeg it's kind of like a large garage sale or best garage sale ever is what they're <laughs> calling it and it's happening today or at least Sunday at uh, between noon and 1 and 4 p.m. at the Handsome Daughter uh, which is on uh, Sherbrook and basically um, you bring all your stuff that you don't need and uh, people come and they take it if they need it and anything that's left over will go to Salome Mission and to okay. a resource. Well, I, just, uh, I just moved into a new apartment. I can head down there this this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so also I heard that the Winnipeg Folk Fest announced their lineup this past week. So was there any coverage in, in CNC about the Winnipeg Folk? Yeah, we uh, we actually had a nice, uh, nice little story about uh, who's coming to the Folk Festival this year. Uh, included in that would be the band Wilco, oh, yeah. uh, the band Bahamas, uh, a local band, the Mariachi Ghost. Arlo Guthrie will be there. He'll have his uh, spend his uh, 68th birthday wow. uh, celebrated here at the Folk Festival. And then we also had a story uh, from Eva Wozni, who did an interview with Mitch Podolik, the man who started the Folk He's Festival. He's one of the originators. Exactly. And one final story I wanted to mention, there's a... Um, a youth Vital Signs report that came out, uh, I guess, last year mm-hmm. that the Winnipeg Foundation was responsible for, where almost 2,000 youth were asked questions about some of their concerns. And so the Winnipeg Foundation responded to that by offering $100,000 in project funding for different um, initiatives that deal with some of these issues that youth had pointed out. Some of them include racism, housing, poverty, unemployment, mental health. So it's a right. really big announcement that we reported on CNC as well. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
this all sounds very engaging. How can our listeners engage with the community and get involved with CNC? Well, it's easy. You just uh, Google Community News Commons. You can go to the site, read some of the stories. If you want to be a citizen journalist, that's easy too. You just register uh, and I'll help you tell your stories. Um, you, the, the site is uh, cncwpg.org. Uh, you can call me uh, at, um, at CNC at 204-944-9474, extension 242. And um, I'd be happy to uh, invite anybody to tell stories from their neighborhoods, multimedia stories. So it's pictures, fo- um, uh, video, audio, and, uh, you know, articles. It's just telling the stories of our community here in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So that's cncwpg.org, or you can call 204-944-9474, extension 242, and ask for Noah Ehrenberg. So, Noah, to... Uh, End things off here. Um, I wanted to ask you if there's a song that we could play, um, you know, based on a CNC story or a review, a show review, or anything you wanted to do. So, do you have anything for us this week? I sure do. There's so much great local music here in Winnipeg that uh, I thought I'd uh, offer up a story that was told by citizen reporter Adriana Mingo a few week, a few months ago on CNC about a local musician named Nick Dyson uh, who has just started out, and he has a song called "That Song" from his album "This One's for You." So here's that song by Nick Dyson. You're listening to River City 360. episode of River City 360. If you want to listen to any past episodes, features, or interviews, please go to rivercity360.org. That's rivercity360.org. 
River City 360 is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.